Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is My City Church, and this is our podcast. We hope you are inspired to love God, love people, and lead in life. Enjoy the message. Dude, wow, this is awesome. Stay standing, stay standing just for a second. Yeah, that'd be so nice of you. I just, I just wanna give Jesus some praise. Let's give the Lord a great clap offering. Magnify Him. The Bible says, clap your hands, all you people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad to be in Nebraska. I've never been here before. And uh, I didn't realize it snowed in Omaha. I mean, it's not a mountain. It's like sea level. I'm going like, why is it snowing here? Well, it's probably because it made tougher people. Because I was going to preach in Atlanta. And they had a forecast. They didn't even have snow. They had a forecast of snow. And they said, oh, we're shutting church. They just shut all their churches right across Atlanta. So you guys need to teach the Georgians how to live life, baby. You know, like, come on. They, uh, so we got a great church in, in Atlanta. Jeff and Sonny Kane, magnificent. And uh, I preached there on Friday night. But I said, well, I'm not going to sit around in a hotel room all weekend. They said, I said to Jeff, where, where should I go? Go on, tell me where to go. He said, oh, you should go up to, to Nebraska. You should go to Omaha. They've got Thor as their pastor up there. I said, I said yeah, let's do that. And so we organized it and uh, got here. And I'm so glad I did because I got to meet your magnificent pastor and his beautiful wife. And uh, I salute these guys. They are heroes. They are legends. They are... Uh, Jumped into the seat when it wasn't that easy, but they're doing a brilliant job, people. Pray for them, strengthen them, encourage them, and uh, they'll become instant heroes of mine, that's for sure. So give them a big hand and say, yeah, we love you guys. We think you're amazing. Especially Kelly, my Lord. Number one, imagine being married to Aquaman. <laughs> Number two, she's got, she's got four kids under the age of six. What's that about? My Lord, that's, and look, she's sane. She, she got up here and said, give you money. You know, I mean, this girl is tough. Those kids are going to be strong, right? I'm so glad to be in, in your church here today because this is the first time I've been here and you came into the family of the C3 family and uh, I'm so glad I came, you know, because they told me all the best looking people in Nebraska Go to C3, you know, yeah, I got to my city church. And here you are. Yeah, look, I'll let you sit down early today. Normally I keep people standing, but just tap your neighbour and say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to somebody good looking. Would you do that? Thank you. Thanks, guy. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so this is a great, great delight to, to be here. In a couple of weeks, uh, we will be in Dallas and you got 27 of your people who are coming down, your leaders and, and key workers, and it's our yeah, America's gathering. We have about 14 conferences that we do around the world each year, uh, in Southeast Asia, Africa, everywhere. And, uh, and this is our America's. And for a while, America was, was, it was new ground for us. It was not easy. Uh, and, and then we found suddenly we've got a lot of traction and momentum here. 
and some really great churches. Obviously, the best is in Nebraska. Uh, but, you know, we have all of these, these really, really amazing churches. You might have met Josh and Georgie Kelsey. Uh, yeah, I think Georgie spoke in a couple of women's events, right? Now, well, Georgie used to work for me. She was our TV producer in, uh, in Sydney. And Josh, her husband, was the first baby born in our church in Sydney. So that's, that's how old our church is. I mean, he's like 42, something like that. I'm a little tad older than that, not much. And, uh, and so, yeah, my wife and I, uh, we've been married. Uh, well, my first wife, anyway. Uh, I've only had one. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's, uh, she's very, very amazing. Um, she's put up with me for over 50 years. We, we celebrated 50 years married last August. 50 years married. Yeah. And so uh, it's a miracle. And uh, God has been good to us. I, I wouldn't say that marriage is always great. Is anybody else married here? And you, you like to be honest? Yeah. Some, sometimes it's a little ordinary. But uh, the fact is you keep walking. Even if you strike a valley, you walk through the valley. And you don't give up. You don't just drop out because it's a little bit painful. In fact, those are the moments that make the marriage rich, deep, powerful. And so, you know, we, Chris and I, we never have disagreements. We do have intense fellowship every now and then. But, <laughs> yeah, right, but, but uh, uh, I don't know. You know, like <clears throat> after 50 years, you know, we, we, we know each other pretty well. And, uh, and so we've now got five grandchildren. Uh, I got three kids who are amazing kids until they got born. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, they're, they're great kids. Uh, very talented. My, my son, Daniel, and his wife write songs for pop stars and for themselves. They wrote a song for uh, Katy Perry and Justin Bieber and been nominated for a Grammy. So... Uh, that's this year, so hopefully we're going to go along and see them get something, you know, which would be nice. And uh, my other son, Joseph, he pastors a church, a C3 church in South Bay uh, in Los Angeles. And so he's preaching this morning, and uh, he'll be smashing it there. He's just a great kid, very talented. You might have seen him lead worship. He produced about nine of our albums. We've produced quite a few over the years. And uh, he's He's a very talented young boy. We've, we've always run a school of creative arts in our church. I, I was going to be an artist, a painter, and uh, then Jesus got a hold of me, so I became, uh, I, I put him down. I, I forgot painting for about 25 years. And then he told me to pick it up again, so I did. And then with that, we started, well, I'd already started the school of creative arts where we train worship leaders, photographers, painters, you know, every, we just do the whole thing. Dancers, I take that class. And uh, <laughs> you're so cruel. You, know, you were laughing. You've changed. You know. So, <laughs> so, so the thing is, we we do this. Um, you know, we do do all the, all the arts because I I felt like for some reason the devil stole all the artists out of the church and the religious crowd said, yeah, they should go. And uh, so the, the church is not an artistic place, but it should be the most beautiful. Greatest artists of all should be in the church. Greatest architects, the greatest artists. And once upon a time it was, but then, you know, 
religion killed it like it normally does. And, uh, and so I believe God is bringing back the arts, bringing back great leadership. So we run our C3 college, which a lot of you have attended. And when, when they start again, make sure you're part of it. Be in there, you know, like um, uh, just great teacher. It, it, I, I am not biased, but it is the best online college in the world. And uh, so, you know, make, make sure you get a part of that. You, we go through moving in the spirit, faith, leadership, a whole, a whole bunch of areas that uh, we have a lot of fun. So I am really glad to be here. Thanks for having me and thanks for making us feel welcome. Uh, and it's a lot warmer in here than out there. Golly, it was cold. I went for a walk last night like for three minutes. Because <laughs> I've come from summer, so my, my blood's thin, you know. It's like, ah, I need a snowboard to feel like I'm among snow. You know? Otherwise, what's snow for? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> okay, guys, look, I want to talk to you today as we come into a brand new year, 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. And, uh, and, and. I want to talk about the great rebuild, the great recovery, the great return, the the great revival, the great restoration. Because I know the God I serve is a restorer. He is a restorer. He says in Joel, I will restore the years that the devil has stolen from you. And so some of you have had years taken away from you by sickness, by maybe bankruptcy, by maybe you lost your job and haven't been able to get another one. Maybe relationships broke down, you know, uh, you, you just and it stole from you. But listen to me, God is able to recover years that have been stolen. He's able to recover what the devil has taken away from you, what circumstances have taken away from you, what your childhood might have been. You, you might have lost things in your childhood that ha- have never been recovered, but I believe that Our God, who is a redeemer, he can make your worst situation the best situation. He is a redeemer. He redeems bad things and makes them good. Whatever the enemy meant for evil, God meant it for good. And he can turn it around, people, in a moment. And so before I get underway with that, I'm going to talk about that shortly. I want to talk about uh, some books that I've written recently. Uh, I wrote this one, just published it two months ago called Disciple, and uh, that's one of my paintings on there that I submitted for an art competition in Australia called the Archibald uh, painting. And I'd love to tell you that I won, but I didn't. (laughs) I'd love to tell you that I even got chosen to be hung. I didn't. (laughs) They got no taste, those judges. And uh, (laughs) so uh, I got revenge. I stuck it on the front of my book, amen. (laughs) And so uh, <clears throat> that, the, the, the book, the reason I wrote the book is because I, as a pastor, I've been pastoring for 43 years, and you kind of assume a lot about your congregation until COVID comes, and you're doing Zoom church. You're doing online church or, or whatever, and you can't, you know, in our place in Australia, we, we didn't have together church gathered for six months, sometimes some churches nine months, some churches a year in Canada, like we got churches up there. I don't know if you know Sam Picken. Do you know Sam? You love Sam. He's just so awesome. He kind of like your brother. He looks like you. 
He's a Canadian though. And, uh, you know, <laughs> but, but uh, they were, I think they were shut down for like over 12 months, nearly 18 months, not having church. And my, my shock and my dismay was that a lot of people's Christianity fell to bits. They were drinking too much. They were partied. They just, just gave up on church. And, and I realized they were not disciples. A disciple is somebody who keeps following Jesus no matter what. I have decided to follow Jesus. And then a few scandals hit. You know, preachers falling. People get disillusioned, get cynical. So I'm not going to have anything to do with that. But I thought, no, a disciple follows Christ, whether there's scandals or not. Whether everybody in the world decides they're not going to follow Jesus, I will follow Christ. I am a follower. I'm going to make a ruthless decision that I'm a follower of Jesus. That's the baseline for me. And on that basis, God can do stuff with you. You know, when you're prepared to lay down your life and pick up your cross. And so I, I, I became nervous that we had been creating churchians instead of Christians. And so when the rhythm of church stopped, their Christianity kind of got out of sync. So we, uh, we, and we pivoted and we've made a few changes. And different, but one of the things I wanna, wanted to really drill into our whole movement was disciple making. Because disciples are made, they're not born. And, and you get involved in people's lives and help them to lay down their life and pick up their cross. And secondly, I thought, you know what? I think people, oh, I don't want to get too strong because we had such, so much fun in the first service. You know, but, but, but can I go there? Is that all right? You know, like, like, I think that there's a couple of other things that to do with this discipleship stuff that I thought people, when, when they can't get stuff from God, they kind of dismiss it. Uh, like a consumeristic Christianity. And even in the realm of God's got a plan for you, God's going to bless you, God's going to heal you, God, you're still at the center of the whole thing. So I want people to get beyond the cross. I mean, the cross is good, but you're not meant to stay there. He said, he healed me. He set me free. Um, he's got so many. He saved me. He, he's, I need to get beyond that and make him Lord. He's not just my Savior. He's my Lord. And so if He's my Lord, He governs the way I live. And if He governs the way I live, I need a whole lot less saving because I'm not doing stupid stuff. So I want to make Jesus Lord. And, and so I'm not always just coming back every week to get demons cast out. I get the demons out and I make a decision. He laid down His life for me. Now I'm laying down my life for Him. So that's where you got to go as a believer. As a Christian, if you're just coming to church to get stuff from God, it's going to wear thin after a while. And after a while, he just doesn't give stuff, you know. Like when you first get saved, he gives stuff quite easily. But after a while, he seems to hold back, you know. Not hold back. He's generous. He's good. He's blessed. But he kind of wants you to learn how to walk. I mean, I mean, if, if one of the pastors came in today and, and they've got a nappy on, what do you call it, a diaper? And they go like, Pastor, I made a mess. You'd say, something's wrong with this. Children do that, not adults. But there's still a lot of, a lot of people walking, Pastor, I made a mess. You know, it's like, and, and we got to grow up. we got to grow up and learn how to wipe it up ourselves, feed ourselves, be self-sustaining believers. 
That's why the disciples, I'm sorry, it was a little indelicate there, wasn't it? You know, but yeah, you know what, where I'm coming at. It's just like, we, you, we, we need to keep motion happening. So anyway, that's about that book. I've got to get off these books because I've got a message to preach here. Uh, the second book here is Do It Now, uh, this book. That, I wrote that last year. Oh, no, the year before that. Uh, and that's about, because I found a lot of people in COVID were treading water. They were saying, when this is over, then I will do that. But the Bible says, there's a scripture that says, if you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. So people saying, once this is over, then, but I think, you know, we've got to live with this stuff. And why would you put anything off until you got perfect conditions? Because they're never going to come. You're never going to have enough money to ask her to marry you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're never going to have enough whatever to start that business. You got to step out. And you'll be astonished at how much God moves with you when you actually take a step. And so do it now. Do it now. There's going to be some weddings after this meeting, you know. Whoa. How many are thinking of getting married? Put your hand up. Oh, you two together? Oh, that's so good. Come out here. Come up here. Yeah, both of you. You're young people, right? How old are you? No, you're 24. How old are you? I won't do that to you. You're 22. I got married when I was 19. Yeah, so don't think you're too young. You're not too young. You're kind of getting a little old now, you know, like, yeah, 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 don't feel it, yeah. 22, 24. That's fantastic. When are you getting married? I'm invited. It's so nice of you. Here? In August. It'll be summertime. It won't snow. Be kind of blazing hot. What do you do for a job? I work for a company here. He doesn't know. He's just, I work, well, yeah. Oh, God. Do you have a job? Yeah, right. You do. Right, man. Yeah, you do. That's awesome. I'm so proud of you. Getting married. It's hot. When did you propose? October. What did you say to her? Um, I didn't want to go. Um, he doesn't know what he said, though. He was really, really, yeah. What? What? He's nervous. Yeah, I know. I know. Don't worry about that. Yeah. He'll say I do on the right. You know, he did say I do. At least he did that. Did it? Oh, yeah. <sighs> yeah, look at this guy. I love that. It took him forever. Oh, my God. It was so hot. <laughs> it's a sign of things to come, buddy. Amen. <laughs> Jesus' name. <laughs> I'm going to pray for you. Father, I pray, let this couple know such a blessing on their lives as a, as a newly married Lord. The call of God is on them so obviously. Girl, you're going to prophesy. You're going to speak words that, that bring life and bring healing and bring health of a, people's lives. You're going to reach into young girls' lives. They are going to be blessed and rise up as women with voice. Son, the blessing of God is on you. I see money in your hands. I see purpose in your eyes. God is going to equip you and resource you for great purposes in helping to build this church. 
by the Holy Ghost in Jesus' mighty name. You will teach the Word of God and mentor and disciple other young men. They will grow in the house of the Lord. You will be a major pillar for the future of what I'm doing here in this house in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Go ahead, sit down. Yeah. Okay. See, so do it now. And uh, you get prophecies. Yeah, right. There's, there's all kinds of good things that God has got for the people who will do it now. And so if I get a bill, I pay it right when I get it. I don't wait until it's due. If I get an assignment, I do it when I get it. Because everybody else is they're living with anxiety. Oh, I've got that tomorrow. But they could have done it three weeks ago. And you're cruising. Now, so just staying ahead of the game and keeping momentum in your life, very important. That's another message, momentum. But anyway, there's a few other books. Freedom, that's about getting demons out. And leadership is about... Uh, keeping them out, amen. And uh, <laughs> no, that leadership 101 is six principles of leadership. Uh, you the leader is about a whole all things leadership. Peace, which is better than pills, amen. Good people, well, you've gone, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so <clears throat> we've got about 20 minutes. You good for that? Psalm 126, that's the first lie I've told in this service. Amen, it could be longer. Okay, this is a psalm of a sense. This is a psalm they wrote to sing when they were returning from Babylon. And there's, there's a number of these psalms, 15, that, of, of, that they would sing because Cyrus had told them to go back and rebuild the temple. There's a prophet called Jeremiah. And he told them years and years before, the Babylonians are going to come and destroy the city, Jerusalem, and going to carry you all away. Very negative message. People didn't like it. He said, what are you saying? Terrible stuff like that for us. So they tried to kill him, but he kept prophesying. He said, look, it's going to be okay. God loves you, but he's got to do this thing. He's got to uproot you and take you down to this other place. And you're going to lose a lot of stuff, but you're going to get it back. Whatever you lose, you're going to get it back a hundredfold. But I, gotta, I can't avoid the consequences. And we've got to understand that, people. You know, like, sin has consequences. And we can get forgiven, but we still sometimes end up having to deal with that. But God can turn those consequences into a good thing if we give it all to Him. So it's like, it's like okay, these... Prophecies of Jeremiah came to pass. The Babylonians came, took all the, all the children away. Daniel was one of them. They renamed him. He lost his identity. Identity theft is, is very real at a whole range of levels in our world today. It is so, so sad, so challenging, so when people are letting feelings be the authority to their lives. Saying, I feel like I am, therefore I'm going to do this. Your feelings were never meant to be the authority that guides major decisions in your life. Your feelings are meant to be subjective to an, to an objective truth, to arbitrary truth, to, to absolute. And that, that's the Word of God. And this says, and we conform to the Word, not try to get the Scripture to conform to us and our feelings. So, so anyway, the, they, all, they, they lost everything. And they go down there and they're there for 70 years. 
in the 69th year, Daniel reads the prophecy of Jeremiah, which said, you'll be there for 70 years. He said, whoa, we're nearly up. So he was about 80 and he starts praying, which gets him thrown into a lion's den. But he kept praying and that got him thrown out. You know, so what gets you into trouble will get you out of trouble sometimes, right? And so here he is, staying true to the call, keeps praying. And I've, there have been four different kings that he has served under and all of them have kept him as a, as a chief advisor. And now this king, Cyrus, he reads a prophecy of Isaiah. And it actually says his name. Cyrus will send my people back to rebuild the temple. He goes, whoa, that's me. I better do it. And uh, so, so he sends them back and says, go back and build, build a temple. The Israelites have been living in confusion in Babylon. They're stuck in oppression. By the rivers of Babylon, we hung our harps on the willows. We couldn't sing the Lord's song in a strange land. Some of you are old enough to remember that pop song. By the rivers of no, you're not. Okay. <laughs> hey, we wept when we remembered. Oh, still nothing. All right. Yeah, you just left me hanging, right? You're not going to even try to help a little. All right. <laughs> so, so we're, here they are coming back and they've got new songs. And it starts out when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Okay. So this is, about a recharge. That's why I'm calling this message. This, this recharge is getting you ready for the new year. When the Lord brought back what we used to be, what we used to have, and He made it even better the second time round. Whatever we lost, we got back. Whatever got he destroyed, got, got healed. Whatever got, got torn down, got rebuilt. And there are a lot of people in a lot of churches, a lot of congregations that have suffered through all kinds of things. And you've had some compounding effects in, in your recent history. But let me tell you, people, God's bigger than any circumstance we ever face. Greater is He that is in us than he that is in the world. God has brought an overcoming spirit inside you and me and in the church. And the church, He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. It doesn't mean they won't try. No weapon formed against you will prosper. Doesn't say no weapon will be formed. Plenty of weapons will be formed and plenty of them will come against you. But you will not be defeated by them because you're in His house. The church survives everything like the Bible. Every attack, everything that's come against them, it will survive. And so the thing I love about the idea of recharge is I jumped in the hotel last night, floss my teeth, do all that. But you know what takes the longest? Plugging in all the plugs for recharging. Because if I don't charge my watch, my phone, my computer, and now my car. I gotta plug my car in now. Nothing's gonna work. I'm gonna be dysfunctional tomorrow, non-functional. One of the greatest things about a, a recharge though, when you plug it in, a little sign comes up sometimes. It says, hey, we got an update for your system. 
How tempting is that? You say, yeah, we, we can update your system. I said, what will it do? Well, it fixes bugs. Whoa, faster performance. Your apps are going to be upgraded. Wow, my gifts are going to be upgraded. Do you want this? Bang, submit, baby. Yeah, yes, I agree. Have you read everything? I agree, amen. Apple has made liars out of us all, right? Ding, 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 ding. I agree. Here I am. And so it says, don't unplug while this new operating system is downloading. I don't know what will happen because I've never unplugged. But I imagine that the, the upgrade stops coming down. And all of us need fresh downloads from heaven. I know you got your basic operating system when you got born again. You got a new heart and a new spirit. That's your, that's your basic operating system, people. It got born again. If, you know, if you're iOS anyway, but if you're Android, you got a different kind. You know, you just, I know your operating system's a little different and we're praying for you. Uh, but you know, the deal is that we've got this we got a brand new operating system and it needs upgrading to cope with 2022. The anointing for 2022 is at the beginning of 2022. It's not in 23 or back in 21. What was good yesterday won't work today. It, the, the, the app and the old operating system, they don't match up. But you see, every year some hacker gets into the system. I get scammed like 10 times a day. You know, click on this, your delivery's coming, you're under arrest, there's a warrant out. And I was like, my God, they're freaky, aren't they? You know, those ones. That's it's like, there's all kinds of things. And I, I ring my IT guys, I say, is this a scam? They say, yeah, you know, like, because they look so real, it looks like my bank. Scam, scam, scam. But, but sometimes they get through and you get, you get a glitch in your system, people. And you try to operate properly, but things go wrong. Your eyes go crazy. Your, your head thinks the wrong thing. Your heart feels bad. You feel like you die. You get sick, whatever. So these evil coders up there using an the evil Python code, amen. Download it. And you, you get these, these freaky glitches in your, in your operating system. That's why you need an upgrade. It's got bug fixes in it, people. It'll fix some of these glitches that the devil is always trying to fix you with and get you malfunctioning. So when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. You, you haven't been dreaming about a future while you're in oppression and you're down there in Babylon in confusion because you just don't dream. All you wanna do is survive, not thrive. But as soon as you come out of Oppression, isolation, quarantine, lockdown. You start to have hope again. Yeah, now we can think about that arena. Just next door, right? Just over the wall. Now we can start dreaming about downtown again, right? Now we can start dreaming about, you know, more locations around Omaha, right? Now we can start dreaming about whole thing. We're starting to think again. Dream again. You know what? We gotten through 2021. It was pretty rough, but now we're dreaming again. We're gonna, 
not just be looking in that rear view vision mirror. We're gonna be looking through the front screen into a future that is bright with promise that we can see ahead of us a whole new day in Jesus' Name. Amen, you may be seated there. You know, we, we just, sometimes we remember the things we should forget. Some people say they got a bad memory. I say, really, it might be that you got a bad forgettery because you keep remembering stuff that makes you cringe. You grind your teeth, you kick the wall. What'd I do that for? It was an embarrassing moment. And you keep remembering it and it's shaping how you think about yourself. Why did you see a picture of how you're gonna be in the future? Look at that person. Whoa, walking tall, confident, fearless, not anxious. What a great mother with great children, husband, good bank balance, big house. How could all that happen? You gotta start dreaming it sometime. And you gotta dream it when it doesn't look like it's possible because that's what faith is. We fought to get our building built for eight years, had three rejections. We're on the front page of the newspaper, six o'clock news, every current affair. It was just awful. I was very discouraged, but I'd switch my faith on. I'd go down to that property, 11 acres, weeds up to the ceiling here, stand where the stage was gonna be and start preaching to a thousand people. I can see those thousand people. If you re- before we knew it, we had the building, the prime minister opened it up like the president and, and we had thousands of people. What do you see in your future? Is fear creating negative images? Because it'll do it all on its own. You don't have to ask for that. But you have to intentionalize your faith. So I will see this. I will see that is coming to pass. We make our, we make our lives happen. God has given us the apps. He's given us the gifts, the capacity, the abilities in there to actually make it happen. Then was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. I've never met a great man of God who didn't have an awesome sense of humor. I've been a friend with Dr. Cho who died last year, pastor of the largest church in the world for 50 years. Such a funny man. We would laugh and fellowship together all the time. Laughter is divine, people. Don't be depressed, be laughing. You say, oh yeah, but I'm just a a depressed. You don't have to say I'm a depressed person. They might try and get you every now and then. But let me tell you, laughter is like medicine. Even if I don't feel like laughing, I can kind of get myself going. Ha, ha, ha. Ha, 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 ha. And it gets it going. Suddenly go, ha, ha. Ooh, I felt that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, and I mean, you need to do it with other people because if you do that on your own, you look a little crazy. (laughs) So the deal is, the joy of the Lord is your strength, people. People get weak because they're not joyful. But the joy bubbles up on the inside. And it's a sign that God is amongst you. In His presence is fullness of joy. So when people come to me, they say, oh, we're deeply in the presence of God. We need to get quite serious now because God is here. If God is here, you'll be happy. You'll be joyful. Do not think that misery is a sign of God's presence. Some people do. 
But that's a sign of a religious demon. When God is around, He's dancing. Like these guys up here before, He's happy. All right. There was our mouth filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Never let the devil steal your song, people. You got a song inside you. Don't let Chris Tomlin sing it. You sing it. Amen. Don't just put somebody else on singing it. You sing. Sing the song of Zion. Let a song come through your heart. It's the beautiful worship of God that He has put inside of us that He can actually unlock our spirit with it. The Lord has done great things for them. And then they said, the Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Let me, let me say this to you. How are we going for time, Pastor? We're all right. He said three hours more. No, I'll be over done with pretty quick people. But I, I love sharing this because I know it helps people. If you can understand how faith works. So they said, the Lord has done great things for us. They was walking back to Zion. People, God hadn't done anything for them yet. But they said, the Lord has done great things for us. So <clears throat> when you're walking towards your miracle, you need to talk about it, not in the future sense, but in the past. The tense is important. God has done great things for this church. God has done great things for each of you. You need to see your future as your past. God does. He lives at the end of time. God is a time rebel. He lives down here. This is looking back on time. So He says to Abraham, who's here, hey Abraham, there's a miracle up in your future. It's your future, but to me it's history. So He's saying, I have made you the father of many nations. And when you align yourself with God, you say, God has blessed me. That's why Ephesians is the New Testament Joshua. Because God said to Joshua, I have given you the land before He took it. The book of Ephesians says, He has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It has already happened. You have been blessed. You say, where is it? Believe it and you'll walk into it. You'll find yourself walking into a collision with a miracle when you start to believe you've got something that hasn't yet materialised. That's one of the ways of faith. And as you walk in faith, you'll move God because God moves in that dimension. When you're positive, confident and believing, that's where God lives. When I'm in that whining, why isn't God doing anything? I get that nasal twang of a two-year-old. I don't want a broccoli. You know when you get that? I want ice cream. I don't want You get that? horrible whiny thing happening inside you. The whole world sounds whiny. The internet is a cesspit of whiners. I mean, of course we want to spend our whole life arguing with strangers about things we never knew. It's, it's like, why would we go there and develop a mind that's always complaining? Yeah, but this isn't... Yeah, the church. Why are we doing that? It like rots our bones. We could start to say life's very good. I love the people at church. How good is our future? How blessed are we? And you will find that God will take you out of the wilderness into your promised land. 
Just a couple more things. Verse four, bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. It's gonna happen quick. He's talking about flash floods in dry riverbeds. Once the snows melt, boom, down comes the river into the desert. You might have been in the wilderness, but there's gonna be rivers in the wilderness. I believe this for the whole church all around the world. And I know people say, well, what if it doesn't happen? But what if it does? And I put myself in a position where I'm gonna believe for God to move because I see in the Bible, He moves with people of faith. And the people of doubt, they get stuck in the wilderness. But the people of faith go into the promised land. Joshua and Caleb, that's this generation. And that's you. Coming into these last two verses. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. You guys have been through some challenging times as a church. I'm so proud of you. You're still here. Look at you. You're standing here worshiping today, giving thanks to God. You may not have understood everything that's gone on. Some of you might have shed a lot of tears because they can be wounding times. This is, even though you have continued to sow in tears, you kept coming, you kept believing, you kept tithing, you kept going even though you were weeping, even though it was, it was difficult, it was challenging. It says you will doubtless come again. You'll recharge with rejoicing and you'll bring many, many harvests and sheaves with you. Of all the things that you've sown, believe me, when you sow in difficult times, it's 10 times more valuable than sowing in easy times. But to stay the course when you're challenged to not, those are the moments God is looking at us. He's saying, well, now we, this church here, it's tough, it's powerful. There is no doubt God in heaven is gonna reward this church with an abundant harvest. Like the dreams that you had of old, but exceedingly abundantly above all that you even ask or think. Weeping endures for a night, but joy comes in the morning. God is in this place to bless those of you who have been faithful through the difficult moment, through a challenging time. There's no doubt about it. He will do that. He will accompany you through the, through the valley. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil because you're with me. God is with you in this place. Every week as you've come and you've continued to worship the Lord, sometimes wounded, feeling like bruised, whatever, but you kept on going. You come out of this time richer, deeper, stronger, powered by the, the Spirit of God. Jesus came out of the wilderness filled with power. There's, there's no way to, there's no cheap way to power. Great faith comes from great trials. Great power comes from great cost. And this church will rise to that. I have no doubt whatsoever. I'm praying Heavenly Father today that every member of this congregation would find recovery, rebuilding, restoration 
and revival. Lord Jesus, I believe that we are in the year of the great rebuild. And the church will come back more powerfully than it went into COVID. We will see, Lord, great results happening everywhere around the world in all of our congregations. And I thank God for these people. We've been faithful to you through fire, through storms, through every kind of challenge. I believe that today bring healing, comfort to every heart in Jesus' name. While your eyes are closed, there may be some of you who have never actually prayed a prayer saying, Jesus, come into my life. There could be some of you who have been away from God. I'd like you to come back today. And then there could be people who go to church, but you're not sure if you're going to heaven. I want you to make sure today. In a couple moments, I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand. If you've never asked Christ into your life, raise your hand. If you've never, if you're coming back to God, I want you to raise your hand. If you're not sure you go to heaven, I want you to do that. So right now, wherever you are in this meeting, if that's you, you never prayed that prayer, you're coming back to Christ, you wanna make sure you're going to heaven, would you put your hand up for me? I'm gonna pray a quick prayer with you. Thank you, I see your hand. 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 Who else is, thank you, sir, I see your hand. Four. Five, who else is there? Would you raise your hand? If there's one more person, I'm waiting for you. Thank you, six, seven, thank you. If there's one more person, please raise your hand. Just say, that's me, pastor, down the back. I see your hand, God bless you. Okay, I'm gonna ask us all to pray this prayer, but especially those of you who raised your hand, would you say these words to God after me? Dear God in heaven, I ask Jesus Christ to come into my life. I ask to be born again. Cleanse me from all sin. Make me your child. Help me follow you. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Amen, Lord, I pray for the peace of God that passes all understanding to rest in the hearts of every person connecting with Christ today, beginning that very long journey of following you day by day for the rest of our lives making sure that we've made decisions that are rock solid, commitments that are into your hands. Heavenly Father, we give you praise, honour and glory right now in Jesus' mighty Name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening today. And we wanna give a special thank you to those that give so generously to My City Church. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. If you would like to give today, please hit the link in the description or go to our website at mycitychurch.cc forward slash give. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit the subscribe button and share it on all of your social media. We love you so much. We'll see you next week. God bless.